Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit CelebrationChurchLive.com. Awesome. Well, I hope you're ready for my three-hour PowerPoint I like to call this sermon. I'm just kidding. I'm being real honest. You'll probably make brunch most places by the time I'm done. So get ready and buckle up because we're going to go fast. I'm preaching a message today, and it's a question that I've simply titled, Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? And by the end of this service, I pray that that answer, that question will be answered. I'm bringing three points that I like to bring is that belonging to God is obeying when he speaks, belonging to God is walking fearlessly into what he's promised, and that belonging to God is living in his promises. I'm going to preach out of the Old Testament today. That's right, we're going OT, okay? Not overtime, we'll go under time, but we're going Old Testament. I'm preaching out of Numbers. You have your bulletin and all this stuff will be up here. So, it's going to be exciting. My first point is that belonging to God is obeying when he speaks. And we're going to preach first, we're going to read Numbers 13, 1 through 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, and every one a leader among them. Okay, so you got to know the Israelites are God's chosen people. They belong to God, right? And he's calling them to go into the land that he has promised them. Okay, he has spoken this already to Moses. Moses is going to later relate it to the people, but he is sending them, he's speaking to them and sending them into the land which they have promised. Now, you got to understand something at this point, okay? A little bit of context here with the Israelites is that God has already done some crazy, amazing, miraculous things, okay? The Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians, right? And the Lord sent Moses with his staff and said, you're going to let my people go. Pharaoh said no. Moses said that wasn't a question. And Pharaoh still took it as one. Okay. And then the Lord, you know, led them out. We have the plagues. And then the Lord literally splits the Red Sea. So the Israelites have already seen the Lord do some amazing, miraculous things. It is pretty incredible when the Lord can just split a sea open like that. Okay, who knows what you're going to see? To be honest, if he split Lake Nasworthy, I don't think I'd want to look at the bottom, to be honest with you. That thing is nasty. But he splits the Red Sea, and they're able to walk on dry land and get free, and now they're in the wilderness. Okay, now the Lord is saying, we're gonna, he's speaking to them, telling them to go into the land of Canaan. And when he speaks, you better obey. When I was at CFNI, if you don't know, I went to Bible school for a year and a half in Dallas called Christ for the Nations Institute. Cool. Anyway, and while I was there, my first semester, I'm 18. I literally went from high school, summertime, went to school, out on my own. Never been on my own in my life, obviously. I've only been around a small community I call my family. Okay? So I get to CFNI, and as you know, when you're on your own, you have to get a job because money doesn't just grow on trees, nor does your savings last a long time, which I found out the hard way. Okay, for the first few months, really like a month because I made bad financial decisions then, uh, for the first month, I decided I was not going to get a job yet. I was just going to just going to live off what I had. 
you know, and it, it really it didn't last long because I like to order excessive amounts of food at one time. And I felt like I could, you know, I'm on my own. I can make my own decisions. So I ordered like three pizzas at a time and go to like every restaurant I saw because I wanted to try new things because Golden Chicken Dallas is different than the Golden Chick here. But 18-year-old me, I'm telling you, wholeheartedly believe that, okay? So going to see if and I was already a big decision for me because I wanted to stay here and go to school, real school, to be... I wanted to major in kinesiology and minor in business, and I wanted to personal train and open up my own gym, and then the Lord was like, nope, we're going over here, and I was like, all right, we're going over here. So I go to CFNI, and I have, comes time, I've run completely out of my money, and I decided, you know, it's, it's, time to, it's time to get a job, you know, time to get a big boy job. Now, mind you, the only jobs I've ever had in my life at this point were through friends, okay, people who had hookups, and so really it was just like apply, get the job, start next week. I'd never actually gone out and gotten a job on my own. And so my roommate at the time worked at a gym in this little shopping center. And he was like, hey, dude, the GNC down a couple doors down is hiring. And I was like, that's amazing. We'd work right next to each other. We could carpool. We could carpool. And he's like, yeah, you should fill out an application and send it. And I'm like, this is perfect. I want to be in the fitness industry anyway. Like, let's go. I'm going to sell supplements. I'll get to learn everything. And I'm like, send my application in and then just wait, right? I'm like, the Lord's got me. I'm going to send my application in and I'm just going to let that be that. I'm going to get the job tomorrow and then we'll be good. A couple weeks go by. And I'm pretty tired of the cafeteria food at this point. The golden chick on the corner is screaming my name. My wallet's telling me, no, it's not. <laughs> and as you know, we're, we're adults. We've all done this before. You, you send an application, and then you follow up. I didn't know this, okay? For I was not really an adult, okay? Be honest, I wasn't. I was not an adult. But you're supposed to follow up, and I had no idea. So for weeks, I was just like, they're going to reach out at some point. I'm pretty sure it's the only place I applied to. Had, like, no backup. It was a horrible situation. I really put myself into, like, a bind. So anyway, one day, a few weeks later, after I send in this application, I'm at my classes. Hey, classes were 8 to noon. From 11 to noon was a service. Okay, so I guess speaker would come in. We worship. They preach. We worship again. And then go to lunch and eat the cafeteria food. Anyway, and so this service had winded down, and I'm like lingering down at the bottom by the stage and everything, and I'm worshiping, and I'm just chilling there, and I'm just basking in his presence, because it was, it was strong there. It was strong. And all of a sudden, I felt this urge to look up in the balcony. Balcony wrapped all the way around, look in this specific corner, and I'm like, that's weird to just look in this one corner of the balcony. But I did it anyway. So I look up and I see a figure, not a person, just a figure standing there. And I'm like, that's cool. That's a good spot. I'll keep that in mind. And Lord was like, no, 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 no. Go talk to them. I want you to go over there and I want you to pray for them. And I'm like, that's a long way away. I gotta walk all the way back out. I gotta go up steps and then walk all the way back. <laughs> I'm a no-mo cardio kind of person, okay? And that sounds like a lot of it to me. So, but you have to listen when he speaks. So I walk out, I go up the steps, I go down to talk to the person, and halfway down, walking through this balcony, my phone starts ringing. And when the Lord tells you to go pray for someone, you don't answer your phone on the way there. So I was like, I'm going to pull it out, I'm going to hang up, I'll call him back later. It's probably just my roommate telling me we're out of granola bars again. I'm just like, you're going to have to get this one. <laughs> I ain't got granola bar money at this point. So I pull it out, 
And the Lord's like, you need to answer it. It's a number I don't know. Like, it's a random number. So I'm like, whatever. So I answer it. And it's like, hello. I'm so-and-so from GNC. And I'm like, well, hello. I'm Weston. And they're like, oh, we know. We called you. Fair enough. <laughs> and they're like, we see that you filled out an application. And I'm like, I sure have. And they're like, do you have a job yet? I sure don't. <laughs> do you need one? Absolutely. And they're like, so do you think you would come in today and interview for this position? And I'm like, let me check my schedule. Um, yes, absolutely. I've got nothing going on after this. And so they're like, awesome. We'll see you here. It's this address at this time. And I'm like, great, cool. See you there. Hang up. Put my phone back in my, in my pocket. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to go off and go pray for this person now. So I walk over and I get all the way to the corner and there's no one there. And I'm like, man, I missed it. Dang it. This person needed prayer. And I answered my phone and then I prayed for him. And the Lord was like, no, I did that on purpose. You see, I needed you to step out in some blind faith in order to get what I promised you. You see, sometimes in life, you've got to step out in some blind faith and just obey when he speaks. You've just got you just you've just got to listen and walk and walk up to where he's leading you. Because even though where he's leading you may not be down the path that you think you should be going down, when he speaks and you follow his path, his promises, they come to you quick. They come to you quick. And you've got to walk fearlessly into what he's promised you. Which is my second point, is that belonging to God is walking fearlessly into his promises. Fearlessly, when he speaks, excuse me. We see this in Numbers 13, 26 through 33. Okay, context again. Okay, so they send all the 12 spies out, right? They send them out into the land of Canaan, the land that's supposed to be the promised land, okay? And Moses tells them, bring back the fruit from there so that we can see What's going on, okay? Not just your word, but like, like I want to see. I want to see this. So they send the 12 spies out, and, all, and then they spy out the land for 40 days, okay? A 40-day stakeout is not on my idea of what's fun, okay? That is a long time to be spying something out. So then they come back, and this is where we pick up in verse 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey mm. and its fruit. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him were not able to go up against the said that excuse me, the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report in the land which they had spied out, saying, The land though which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw 
in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So they go out. They go into this land, the promised land. Again, it's called the promised land, but whatever. They go out, and they see that the land is good. It is truly flowing with milk and honey, and the fruit is good, which means the soil's good, which means the ground's good, which means the land is good. But they were afraid of the competition that was already there. They go and they see, look at all these big old cities that are already here. There's already people over here, and there's people over here, and there's people over there, there's people up in the mountains, there's people everywhere. And look at these, these ones are huge, okay? These ones are like giants, right? And they responded, and they now belonged to fear. When I was three years old, just a wee little lad, when I was three years old, my family had come back from dinner and knowing us, and we're a good little Christian bunch, we went to Chick-fil-A. It's the Lord's chicken, okay? You don't even got to pray for it. It's pre-blessed, okay? We go to Chick-fil-A, and we come back, and our house at the time had a separate garage carport area to the house. You had to walk through the backyard to get into the house. Mind you, it's dark outside. I'm three, terrified of the dark, right? Night light, closet light, headlight on. I probably got like six lamps in my room terrified of the dark. So my dad unbuckles me, puts me on the ground, and he's like, all right, buddy, go into your house. Go through your backyard into your house. That's important. It was my house, right? But all I see is darkness all the way around, right? So I go up to the fence, and I start to take steps. And in my three-year-old imagination, for all I knew, the descendants of Anak were there. Every demon in hell was there to get me. The possums were going to come for me. Listen, okay? Possums are terrifying, people, okay? I'm 24 years old, and I, I'll still back away from a possum. I, I don't mind. That's now your box. It's cool. You can have it. You can have that, all right? But for all I knew, three-year-old me knew that there were a bajillion possums waiting to just play dead and pounce on me, right? So I start to walk, and I run back to my dad. I run back to him. He's getting stuff out of the car. And I say, Daddy, I'm geared. And he's like, no, son, there's nothing to be geared of. That's your house. Walk through your backyard. Go into your house. I'm like, okay, okay. So I start to walk back. And I get to the fence. And I can hear the possums chitter-chattering. And I run back to my dad. And I say, Daddy, I'm scared. And he goes, no, son. There is nothing to be scared of. That's your house. Okay, okay. So get myself together. Got my juice. Probably high C or something. Dude, high C slaps, okay? Got my high C, and I've got my little Chick-fil-A book, and I start to walk through the backyard, and I get to the fence. I look back, and I say, Daddy, am I geared? And he says, no, son, you're not. Okay. So every step all the way through the, all the, way through the backyard, guarantee you I'm looking down. I'm not looking straight, okay? I'm looking down. And I just go, I'm not geared. I'm not geared. I'm not geared. You see, my father had spoken. I knew who I belonged to. And he was telling me to go where I belonged to. You see, when the Lord speaks, you have to walk fearlessly into what he's calling you into. Because he's calling you into where you belong. He may be calling you to start a new business. To go off on this new venture. Maybe he's calling you to go back to school. Maybe he's calling you to do something else. 
And so you do your research and you spy it out for 40 days maybe. If you're a slow researcher like me, maybe it's 140 days. <laughs> and all you see is that the land is good. The business is planning to make money. The school is gonna give you the education, all that stuff. But we get sidetracked and we get obsessed with this fear of look who's all already there. You want to start this business, but there's already giant corporate offices standing there in that field. You want to go back to school, but there's already people there who've been there forever. They probably know more than you do. Maybe you want to go to school for the first time, and you're like, I'm not qualified enough to go to school. No. When the Lord speaks to you, you have to walk fearlessly into what he's calling you into. And maybe, maybe you have to look down and just say, I'm not Garrett. I'm not Garrett. I'm not Garrett to get all the way through with it. Because the Lord has called you to walk fearlessly into where he's speaking. Which brings me to my third point, is that belonging to God is living in his promises. We find this in Numbers 14, 28 through 30. Now, context, because there's a lot of scripture here that I didn't read. But, so, the people, you know, they have a rise. Everyone's like, no, we're not doing it. We're not going to go. They even at one point say that they would, they would be better off back in Egypt, better off back in Egypt. Sometimes we think that where God's brought us out from is better to where he's leading us because we at least know what that is. Again, walk fearlessly. But they say we would be better off in Egypt. Heck, we're going to die here in the wilderness. So Moses then takes this to the Lord. He intercedes to them for them. He goes up to the Lord in prayer. And the Lord speaks. And that's where we pick up in verse 28. The Lord says, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to the entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, we'll go with that, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. There's going to be naysayers in life, okay? There's going to be, maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's randos on the internet. There's going to be naysayers telling you that where you're going is not suitable for you, okay? You're going to be a grasshopper there. But when you have the Lord at your back, and he speaks, you can guarantee that when you listen, you will 100% live in the promises that he has said. You see, everyone in that entire nation who was 20 years or older died in the wilderness because they decided not to listen to the Lord. They missed out on their opportunity to reap all the benefit that the Lord has promised them from all the times they've been in slavery, from all the times they've wandered in the wilderness. He says, you're still my kid. This is where I want you. And yet they didn't listen, except for two people, Caleb and Joshua, who happened to be, not just happened to be, obviously planned, who were the only two people in that generation who got to see the promises. People are not going to believe in you. That's just how it is. I'm sorry, that's the world. 
People are going to try to tear you down. They're going to try to tell you you can't. They're going to try to tell you the other businesses are too big. These people are too powerful. You're not going to make it. But when you listen to the Lord, he is going to walk with you even if you have to wait. Even if you have to wait until everyone else around you is gone. He's going to bring those promises. He's going to bring you into those promises. And the other thing is, is that the descendants of all those people who were naysayers, all the 19 years old and, and younger, <laughs> walked right on top of those people and walked right to the promises God had for them. Yeah. Not only when we listen do we get to go into the promises, but we take the next generation with us. If they had listened, they would have gotten to celebrate in the promised land with their kids, with their grandkids, with their great great grandkids. People lived a long time back then. <laughs> but no, the next generation literally walked on top of them and walked into the promises that God not only had for them, but had for the people in front of them. When you listen and obey and walk fearlessly when the Lord calls you, even if it's just blind faith, you and your descendants will reap the benefits that he has. You and your descendants will live in the promises that God has for you. And his promises are good. They're good. They're not gonna be easy. Ain't nothing in life come easy. The Lord says that in John 16, He said, you are, my might, are going to have trials and tribulations, but take heart for I've already overcome the world. Walking in your promise is not going to be a simple task of just one step in front of the other. There's going to be boundaries. There's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be locked doors. But you can take heart and you can rest easy because of who holds the key. Who has the power to move them? Move the roadblocks, that is. You can walk fearlessly and peacefully into what he's called you into where he's called you. My bottom line this morning is that knowing you belong to God allows you to live your life free from fear and live in his promises of freedom and prosperity. We are not called to just survive this world. Jesus didn't come die for your sins just so you can get into heaven and just have to suffer while you're here. That's not the point. He called you to thrive while you're here. So today, I ask the question again. Who do you belong to? You belong to fear? Do you belong to the naysayers? Or do you belong to God and his promises for you? Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram.